Lime, duh. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Let's do it again, baby. Hello. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast, the podcast where comedians dissect the wrestling to an unhealthy degree. I am your host, the host with the most viral stand-up about professional wrestling, Dan Black, a.k.a. Donsky Blackamora, a.k.a. Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Wrestling, A.K.A. Donnie Capri from the time I went to Italy. I should have known better, dude. I love myself. <laughs> A.K.A. the modern day goof and spoof. Haraja. No more, Mr. Nice Jew. Coming at you like Cleopatra, baby, baby. Gubba, gubba, wee. 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 Gubba, gubba, This girl, uh, she's mine. And. Uh, 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 <coughs> 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 she's mine. What up, Jabroniacs? We are back in action. For your satisfaction with all of our spicy, spicy, muy caliente wrestling reactions. All right, all right, all right. And we got an amazing guest on the show today. I sat down via Zoom with uh, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg of the Cheap Heat Podcast, ESPN, WWE Network, WWE Pre-Shows. You know the guy. Uh, We had an awesome conversation about wrestling. Before we get into that interview this week, I just want to say there's only one way to support the show patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling get access to all of our bonus content bonus episodes we got years of archives if you're sitting around during the quarantine and you want to listen to some awesome shit go over there support the podcast Uh, we are grassroots so uh, go uh, do it. And if you're a member of the Cow Movie Club, uh, which is a level of patronage, uh, you get our weekly review of a movie with a professional wrestler in it. This week, we talked about a movie starring all the ravishing Russian Lana, uh, a.k.a. C.J. Perry. It's her shoot name. Uh, a movie called that she executive produced, also starring Rusev Putria, Rusev uh, Machka, called Another Version of You, available right now on Amazon Prime. Check it out. We actually really enjoyed this movie uh spoiler alert uh go check out uh, that also next monday for cow movie club our movie w- uh, chosen by petroniac emily scott will be roadhouse starring terry funk um i think you can watch that on tubi there's a ton of other ways to watch that uh uh watch that for free okay and before we get into my interview with peter rosenberg um we have a new thing. If you rate this podcast five stars in Apple Podcasts and leave a review of a wrestler who has become one of your guys, I will give you a shout out on the podcast and congratulate you for having a new guy. So uh, remember, in your comments, leave your name because your uh, your Apple name will pop up. So some of you, I don't know your actual names, but I'm going to give you a shout out uh, from your uh Via your avatar name. So, all right. Anyway, Sway14, Orange Cassidy's one of your guys. Congratulations for having a new guy on the bench. 
That's huge. And uh, Sean, eight two four one, Ray Phoenix, one of your guys. Congratulations. Fireworks for you. Uh, Christian Fins, Tegan Knox, one of your guys. Uh, you also called me a crap cow champion, and you told me the Paperboy is coming. So that might be your gimmick, the Paperboy. Well, Christian, congratulations on Tegan Knox, one of your guys. PM McSweeney, Darby Allen, one of your guys. Congratulations, man. Uh, JFS Carp, Finn Balor is one of your guys. Congratulations. And Mr. Money in the Dank, the Iconics are one of your guys. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Baby! All right, so congratulations on all you having uh, new guys, and thank you for the five-star review. If you want a shout-out for wrestlers who are one of your guys, leave us a message in, uh, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and in the description, write who is one of your guys and write your name. Anyway, let's talk to Peter Rosenberg. Okay, everyone, I am excited to have on the Cal Podcast, I feel like a long time coming, the collabo, between the Comedians of Wrestling podcast and the Cheap Heat podcast. You know this guy from literally everywhere. WWE, the Yes Network, Hot 97. I mean, the dude's all over the place. ESPN. I don't even want to mm. miss one of your beautiful credits. Mr. Sweet, I know. Sweet Peter Rosenberg in the house. Hello. Dude, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have first you time, on. First time, first time I've seen you on... On Zoom. First time I've seen you since the uh, Mania show. Since Calmania 2. You had a great time down at Tampa, right? I was so, dude. It was awesome Honestly, show. like, yeah, I mean, it was an exciting year for me because being back with the company, I was, like, super excited to be back with WWE. Yeah. But then, like, the icing on the cake was getting to, to do Calmania 2. It was just awesome. Yeah. Like, seeing everybody. And I couldn't believe some of the people that showed up who I didn't expect. It was I just know. Yeah, it was awesome. Al Snow showed up with head. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. By the way, did I tell you yeah. that afterwards I posted a picture yeah. of, of us after the show and Becky Lynch commented on the picture about how good I looked in the Becky Lynch wig? Oh, so we're acknowledging that you wore the Becky Lynch wig. I didn't yeah, want to I bring it up. I, I thought maybe you were going for a new look. Uh, no, I, people told me that you're saying that. No, I put it on my stories. And yeah. she replied, she DM'd me back after I posted the story and was like, this looks amazing. Oh, my God, you're like me. I was like, yeah. wow. Wow, that's really cool. Oh, I'm glad because I thought maybe, you know, you, were, you wanted to have some luscious locks and maybe go just for a really bold statement because we didn't talk about it. You kind of showed up with it. Well, no, it's, it, I, 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 that, well like that's a, true. Like, a, like this with it and you brushed it a out of your shimmer. eye. With, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's thought, part of my thing that I do, though, when I'm trying to, like, get in that zone, you know, of being the man. I just have that little moment where I kind of, like, right. flick my hair or whatever. But, no, I'm not – I don't do it often, but I'll do it yeah. again at Calmania 3. In LA, yeah. it's gonna be lit. Well, Calmania, yeah, and I thought, and we had a tense moment there during Calmania too. I don't think we should get into it now, but we did have, uh, we did have a moment there where I thought maybe we weren't seeing eye to eye um, during my championship match. But let's, it, I think we should put that no, aside no, listen, for now. Hundred percent, that was miscommunication, and it happens between the greats. And you know, I, I, I thought for a second I wasn't exactly sure where your head was at. You weren't sure where I was at, but 
here we are now, and I, I think it's behind us, water under the bridge. Yeah, I think so. I don't even think. I, I'm sorry, I even brought it up. That was I was unprofessional. I'll, I'll cut that out. But um, okay, okay. Uh, Rosenberg, here's what I, I feel like. You, I feel like you are on kind of like I consider you on the front lines of fighting the wrestling stigma. You know, uh, <laughs> because it, yeah. it's a it's a real thing. You know, whether we want there's I, I had this like the other day, you know, I was wearing a wrestling shirt and you think you think with all, all the great stuff that well, I looked great. I looked great. I'm a, <laughs> I got to mark out all the time, you know, uh, but you're I mean, by the way, you're wearing a beautiful Bret Hart shirt there. Yeah, I literally am wearing a wrestling shirt 24 hours a day. <laughs> you just called so. me a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I wear one since quarantine. I, I pre-quarantine on our on my radio show on, yeah. on ESPN. I was wearing like I started dressing up finally and like being mm-hmm. a grown man. I'm 40 years old. Yeah. Started wearing suits all the time, Fine. jackets. And then when we went to quarantine, I just do vintage wrestling tea every single day. So yes, to make to make a long story short, I definitely live on the front lines. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, I did notice the first time you did wear a suit. Uh, I think it was right when you came back for your first pay-per-view. What was that? Stomping ground or something? Or, no, it was after that. No, I, no, I came back for Mania. That was your first time back, Mania? Yeah, I thought you did something Mania. before that. I thought you did take over. No, no, no. Oh, no, but, sorry. You're right. I lied. Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. Absolutely. The Chamber Elimination. Yes, yeah, the yeah, Chamber was, of Elimination. Uh, yeah, you were at the Chamber. Right. You don't even remember that. That was in Philly, no. man. That was like it right was, when the shit was going down. Were you it nervous? It was like so. So that's an interesting day because it was it was the Sunday before mm-hmm. the the Wednesday where everything happened. Yeah. So so that following Wednesday was Rudy Gobert and the NBA shutting down right. and the world changing, and this was a live event three days before. So there was a lot of sanitizer. There are always a lot of sanitizer, but yeah. people were definitely active on it. And there were definitely conversations about are we, what are we are we fist bumping are we shaking hands? Yeah. But I directly remember shaking hands with people. Like right. I was still I was still shaking hands, and then I would like try to sanitize quickly. Yeah. But like people were still shaking hands, and like in catering, everyone's still sitting very close. Like it, it no, it wasn't really happening yet. Like it well, was also just, shaking hands is a huge part of wrestling culture, right? So, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So we so weird to show up on your first day back and then refuse to shake people's hands. Yeah, you're it's not young exactly. Yeah, uh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was it's it's very interesting to think about that day and like think about this when the night ended. I like celebrated by on my I left I left during the pay per view because Philly's a drive. So I, I you know. I, I didn't stay there because I was going to work the next day. Right. So I just got in the car like, you know, shortly after the pay-per-view started and, and was going to come home. And I was like, you know what? I'm down like 20 pounds. I just worked my first pay-per-view back. I'm going to stop and grab a fucking cheesesteak is what I'm yeah. going to do. And I just stopped like at a spot, like right in the hood, right nearby the stadium. I, I couldn't find one of the places I wanted to that was open. So I, um, I wanted to go to an Ishka Bibbles or something that I really messed with or like Pat's, but I couldn't. So I just went to a local spot and dude, I just grabbed a cheesesteak and sat outside on a bench watching the pay-per-view on my phone. Like all things that right now would just be like, 
Yeah, going and sitting on a random bench with other people around to eat a meal is just not something you picture doing anymore. Yeah. I, I I had a moment I had to pee really bad, so I pulled over to McDonald's right as this was going down, right in the beginning, like before that, right before that Wednesday, and I pulled in. I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna risk my life to go take a piss right now." And I I, I go in there, at McDonald's. People are just dining casually, eighty year old people, and I was like, "Wow, I'm living in a whole different world than these people." That was such an interesting time. But anyway, I'm saying you're on the front lines of yep. Like I think I I. I I, I think that especially because you're in the sports world where I think there's a lot of hatreds towards pro wrestling, not from not mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, so I just my question to you is like, what is it like being a wrestling guy in the sports world? Because like for me, I'm a theater guy who likes wrestling. Right. You know, right. so I like the, I come from the theater side of it, but I'm like a bro and, and I'm a pre, and like I, I'm like, you know, a fucking machismo bullshit where I'm like. Oh, well, this is perfectly combines my two worlds. I could still be a man, but also uh, be a, a, a caped theater boy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's actually reverse. Right. Because being, being into wrestling puts you on, like, the manly side of theater. Absolutely. Me being into wrestling puts me, in theory, onto, like, the bitchy side of sports. So I'm saying you're a hero. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a great point. That's a really great point. I am a hero. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It like, it's gotten more, it's gotten more acceptable in all of my worlds over the last 10 years. Um, which if anyone listens to cheap heat knows, won't be surprised. I credit myself for most of that. Um, but yeah, you like, I, I really aggressively was like, listen, I've always been into things that make me different. I think that's I'm I'm yeah. honest with myself about that's why I'm into it. Like a lot of why I was into hip hop was because it was different. Like at the mm-hmm. time in the in the late '80s, being where I lived and what I looked like, and being super into hip hop was my calling card. It was great. And then you know time went on, and like I became I was always a Mike Tyson fan, but I became like Tyson obsessed around the time he was just completely persona non grata. Right. Like I just became like the biggest Tyson defender. You don't understand him. You don't know his history, blah, 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 blah. I like to defend the things that I'm passionate about, I think. And so that's part of the wrestling thing. But as time's gone on, no, I mean, honestly, these days, let's keep it real. Like I work at ESPN. We are like so at times, and hip hop too, it just like appears to be so on the dick of wrestling like regularly that it's like, me getting to be a guy who the timing's great because I'm now as like official. Right. So since I'm like official, it's kind of hard. I don't even look just like wrestling fanboy anymore. It's like, oh no, he he's actually like there. Like it's like what he does. Right. It I kind of like feel I, I I'm in a really good spot. You'll always get like the random haters, but in the sports world, but I don't agree with those same people on anything. These these same people who hate me for wrestling they hate me for my political beliefs. They hate that I'm on a black radio station as they see it in the morning. They they hate anything that's not old-timey baseball. Like, right. they hate everything. So who, who gives a shit? Like, it I doesn't really matter. So, no, I, I think by and large you get respect for it. And then so many athletes enjoy it. And, you know, so I, I, I still wear it as a badge of honor. Or maybe I'm delusional and they think I'm a big loser and I just don't <laughs> care or notice. Yeah. Well, do you? I, I have the thing now where, like, if people are, like, want me to exp- they haven't watched wrestling in a long time and they kind of want me to explain why it's good i just get this point where like i, I have no patience for it i'm just like hey 
you know, it's really great. You should check it out. And like, that's the end of it. I don't need to sell anybody on pro wrestling. I, I'll just talk to people like you who get it, who see the light. Uh, and, I, and, and yeah. And that's see, I'm, I'm not exactly like that. If someone yeah. asks because they're sincerely curious, yeah. I very much enjoy explaining. Yeah, so I, if, I, you know what, I agree with curious, that. I had I, a conversation right? recently that was very much like that, where they were like, where I, I went on, <laughs> we're all hanging out, having some drinks, and then I just went on a whole like tirade about why I think wrestling's great, and they were like, you know what? <laughs> you just sold me on it. So yeah, I enjoy that too, but most of the time, you know. Yeah, if, they, if they're annoying and not trying to be convinced, I'm not there for it. But like, if they are, and like, I was hanging out with someone recently, and she like used to watch as a kid, and had like the moments of like, oh, they're still around. And that's like so satisfying when someone's yeah. not remotely judgmental, but actually used to be into it. And then, she, and then she had the most bizarre moment ever. We're like, she had these gaps that I didn't understand. So like she yeah. popped super hard for the Hardys and Lita. Yeah. But, but did not remember Sean and Brett. <laughs> right? Yeah. But re- Triple H, Stephanie, Hardys, uh, and actually, you know what? If it's 2000, Sean's not back yet. So so maybe she just is – it's pre-Sean coming back. So it was just completely a gap. But and, – and then Maven comes out. She's okay? Ma- Maven? <laughs> Maven comes out. Maven comes out and she goes, yeah. oh, I remember him. Didn't he, like, win the reality show? Yeah, he I was like, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Why, yes, he did. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there are different varying degrees of things that I can really enjoy when it, when it comes to Well, that. there is nothing better than, like, if my wife watches wrestling, the observations, she said, oh, they'll yeah. never – I could never think of that. I'm so ingrained in the product that I would never see it for that place, you know? Yes, an, a woman's outsider perspective, no matter how long they're there seeing it, is still going to be different than us because, yeah, they're just not thinking about it in the same way. Any yeah. outsider, but I just don't spend time with men that often. Well, all the time I try to explain to women how hot Randy Orton is, and they're always like, he's not, I don't he's see him. Like, I don't see him. I'm like, what? This is, the, this is the hottest guy in the world. What are you talking <laughs> about? I, I would <laughs> give my fucking leg to look like this guy. And you're like, yeah, no, he's, he's gross. And I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. I mean, I, <laughs> that right. is the it's so. What are you talking? You don't even know what good looking is if yeah, you don't like, think Randy Orton's a beautiful about? man. Look yeah. at him. He's physically perfect. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I always said. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting. So uh, I, you signed uh, – I, I don't know what details you can go into, but you signed this deal with WWE, which, was all, which is awesome. You had – you worked on Talking Smack, which I thought was one of the best shows on the WWE mm-hmm. Network. Was ex- I, I, I know you felt very passionate about it as well. And, and also bring it to the table, two great shows. Uh, any anything in the works to bring something like that back to the network that you can uh, divulge? We, um, me, JBL, and and Graves want to do bring it to the table. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we will, but we've actively talked about it. Um, we we love it, and like the three of us get along great. And there's a real dynamic that's awesome of sort of like. They, they sort of push me around, but I also drive the show. So yeah. it like, it balances really nicely. Um, just from, for me, just from a TV camaraderie standpoint, like I just enjoy that part of it. And I think we walk the line really nicely of, we say some real nuggets in there. If you're listening, mm. 
without like burying the product. Um, I hope it comes back. I mean, I know they're, I, I guess in a way they're trying something similar, similar with the bump, like sort of yeah, in like a roundabout sort of way, but that's really just up, you know, a bunch of people doing interviews and talking about the weekly product. Right. So it's not really the same thing. No, because there was nothing like when that time when Kevin Owens came on and like just berated you on Talking Smack. The, that's like the old school wrestling moments that I miss where you kind of just get the, the, the characters can come on and kind of just do their thing and find it. It's unreal. And yeah. And so I, I that's what I long for is to have that those kind of moments back where you're doing the show. Someone's like, hey, you talking about me in character? And oh, then man. The, the, it was yeah. the best. so so I'll, so so when I would do those, um, they started having me do them uh, after a little while. Like I didn't do them at first, right. and then at some point I'd get to the building, and they'd be like, "Hey, you're going to talk in smack today too," and I'd be like, "Okay, cool." And all we'd focus on the whole day is the show before, mm. right? Which is funny because I have so much more lifting to do in talking smack because it's just Renee and myself. Whereas the pre-show, there's four people. Like, I don't really have that much I have to do. Right. Like, uh, you know, you have your times, you make your points, you keep it moving. When it's just me and Renee, it's a lot more mic time. And we have literally no sort of script written out at all. Yeah, it was great. It's just, it's just like, here are the guests. We'd find out like an hour before who the guests were. And then Renee and I would meet at the, uh, at the table where we were set up to do it. And we would watch the end of the pay-per-view together and we'd like come up with a couple ideas we wanted to do with the two of us didn't see the talent. And then the talent would walk in one at a time and they would just do whatever they were doing. And yeah, like yeah. half the time that was me just getting crushed by the Miz crushed by yeah. Kevin Owens. Yeah. It was awesome. It, it was, it was, it was really fucking old school, like o Tuesday night school. Titans, just good yeah. shit. It was, it, it was good shit. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, uh, I, I feel like th this type brings me into my kind of my next point where we live in this, like in wrestling, we live in this like dirt sheet era. Right. And so, uh, 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 you know, we have the internet and, and everything's being leaked and whatnot. And I've, I've heard you say, Oh, it's, it's, why can't they keep more things under wraps? And we know Dipper Steiner lives a kayfabe lifestyle. He does. My, right. So my thought is that like a show like Talking Smack where the wrestlers come on and do their thing interests me way more than uh, like where they're, where they're going on backstage where it's like, oh, we get to see behind the scenes. I want that also, but I want that more in like how the Taker doc is being done. As opposed to, I want the, more of the wrestling shows to promote the actual stories and tie into stuff. Where, where are you? Where are you at on that? Like, uh, that's what's a, your that's, preference? That's a really interesting point. Is that you'd rather you'd rather the shows that are sort of within the universe. I'm trying to be just, in the universe. Just stay all the time. in the universe. Yeah. And, and then if you're going to give us docs that are fully behind the scenes, Love it. we know we're leaving the universe. And we're looking at the universe. Right, like making but, the episode, Game of Thrones, when they did that, like, oh, here's how we did this battle. That's fine. Cool with that. That's a, that's a really great way of putting it. And so you're saying backstage, for example, lives in the middle, and you're not getting quite either. Who is it kind of for? You know, I mean, actually, I, I love all the talents on the show, and I do watch the show, but there is this thing where, you know, 
where I'm like, oh, you're in the middle of that storyline, so just keep doing it, <laughs> and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. and then if you're if you're gonna have a guest on, have them start some shit with the people on the show, right? Anyway, I made this point uh, already. Here's the deal. All right, let's let's chop it up about actual. Uh, let's mark out a little bit. So we have this expression on the show. Uh, uh, like you have uh, mage, which is in- infectious. By the way, fun story. Uh, Dipperstein was talking to my wife at a party, maybe one of the first times they ever met, and my wife used a Jace at him. She oh, said they were talking about some. <laughs> they were talking about some Hollywood bullshit, and she had go- uh, she had just been like, "Yeah, you know, I don't know, I'm working there, a Jace, something like that." And he was he came over to me immediately. It was like your wife is so mage. Uh, she just used a Jace at me. <laughs> and did she know she wasn't doing it to pop him? It was organic no. or she was. No, I just think that's what I'm saying is that mage and a Jace are, those are, uh, those are serious, serious. No, 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 no. It's real. They're, they're real. They're real phrases. There's no they're, doubt about it. They're, they're real. So one thing that we say on, on this show <laughs> is, uh, I call wrestlers one of my guys. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to, I, I like to, fu- this is a way we kind of define talent that you're feeling, that you're feeling that they're one of your guys, but it's separate, completely separate from booking. Right. And okay. also you don't have to really like go into talking about their stats or, uh, how much TV time they get. It's just like that wrestler is just one of my guys. Right. So for example, mm-hmm. a guy I've deemed one of my guys recently is Darby Allen. Right. If you look at oh, his, yeah. his record right now, it's not great, but the, if no, that's my him, guy too. Right, yeah. he's one of your guys. Yeah. So I'm curious. Do you have any wrestlers right now? It could be NXT, AEW, wherever. Any wrestlers right now who are either full on one of your guys? You put them on the roster. They're on the bench, um, or or on the one of my guys' watch list. <laughs> um. Well, okay. Listen, I think everybody who's ever listened to me talk about wrestling for more than an hour yeah. will will not be surprised that the captain of my guys right now. Yeah, full blown captain, long overdue, is yeah. MVP. Obviously, MVP. Uh, he is, well, yeah, he's he is he's in a zone right now of just uh, he's he, he he just came back and just totally defined why he was always one of my guys, right? Because like you literally just he literally with a microphone, it's just whatever. He's it's so easy for him. He's the fact that AEW didn't run out and get him it was such an opportunity lost. Uh, for them, in my opinion, right, um, could have done so much good there. But hey, he, you know what? I'm glad it didn't happen because he's very needed on Raw. Yeah. Um, well, I thought like when they had him hosting the segments for Money in the Bank, I was like, uh, I'm not that into this that much. But then now they paired him with Bobby, and then instantly has made Bobby interesting. It, Bobby, all of a sudden, for instantly. the first time since he came back, means something. He's in the heavyweight. He's he's as a title shot. You know, and yeah. you feel it, and he's given the full Nelson and MVPs. Ma- he makes Bobby feel more legit. It's it. It what, is true. There's so, a lot of power. So to that. fast, right? So fast, and like he, and I told him this the other day. I was like, I don't want to get into your head. You're doing what you're doing, right? But and and who knows? Things could get messed up at any point. But when I watch MVP right now, I see a guy who, if things were to come back to normal and mm-hmm. the groove comes back, you could see a guy who becomes like middle of his career prime, probably the same age too. Yeah. Prime Bobby Heenan. Right. He could be, he could be commentary mm-hmm. manager and occasionally matches where he gets his ass kicked. Yeah. He could do all of it. He could really be 
like, uh, uh, pardon the, the the expression, the MVP of the entire show. Right. Like where you you just utilize him in so many different ways, and so few people have all those skills. Yeah, um, I mean, he's great on the mic. He's very comfortable. He's got a clear. Uh, character, you know, I, I don't call it gimmick at this point, but he's got a clear uh, vantage point. And also, yeah, like as he's get, I f- I do think that him getting like older, I think this is kind of the sweet spot for him because they oh, need yeah. more. Char- they need more Mike guys with character, you know, and I'm gravitas, a- right? Like yeah. he has you, you were, you know, him enough to to respect that in the ring he was once really good. Right. Like you, and not, not that he couldn't still be good, but his body's, you know, it's, he's taken some mileage over the last decade. But like, you know, that he's a really good wrestler. He's had big matches with big, big yeah. people. Um, and yeah, he has a vantage point. You get who he is. You know, it's funny. I remember the first time I ever saw MVP was right when he came up to the main roster. Um, and I was at a SmackDown taping probably in DC because that's why I still lived there at the time. Right. And they brought him out in the crowd and he sat like five seats away and was like doing the gimmick where they had him sitting in the crowd wearing his glasses. Like, just, yeah, like he's, he's just got, signed. he's on his way. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was booing the shit out of him. I was so into yeah. it. Like I was just, and, and then as the years went on, like, and I got to know him, obviously I root for him more on a personal level. But he never let me down. He's always been so damn good. Anyways, um, I, I I would say on from AEW immediately, um, Darby I think is at who? How could he not be your guy? He's like, so he's, exciting. He's so such an exciting talent. He's so exciting, and I'll tell you who's who's uh, who's who's getting damn close to that. Wow. For me, let's see. Is right. is uh, this this may surprise some people? Sammy Guevara. Is right there. Like, it's not going to surprise gonna, anyone. Not my listeners. They adore him. I, he is. He is so mage, dude. He is. Yeah. He's over as can be to me. Like he is such a chicken shit, just douchebag heel. Yeah. Like I just, I just find him great. Um, he's just like an annoying teenage punk, but he's got a lot of a talent, and also he's attaching himself to Jericho in a way I kind of wish WWE would do this also with their more their legendary talents like is it's like oh well now he the other day he wore Sammy Guevara wore gear that looked like Jericho's gear like the sparkly undies you know and you're like oh well that's fine he's under the tutelage of Jericho so he can he can start doing the lion tamer as he starts coming Love up it. and he can take it like where an Aleister Black could attach himself to like a taker and could absorb some of his moves. You can imagine Alistair just taking the old school, right? Like something like that as these wrestlers uh, age out. I think that's a great. Yeah, I mean, where did, where, did, where did Kane get the choke slam from? You know, where did. Right. It's a, it's a thing that you can do. Um, but yeah, I just. And then, he, and then the way he bumps for everyone is so awesome. Like he just. I, yeah. love when, I love when a bad guy can just get the shit beaten out of them and look yeah. great doing it. Yeah. Like that's that's what they're there for. That's what makes them awesome, honestly. And, he, and he's young, so it's a good time for he can get beat now because he's growing. So it doesn't hurt his career to take the L's. Uh, like getting hit with that, he got hit with that golf cart really hard. Oh my! The golf cart was that the golf cart was amazing. He, he got slammed with that thing. That um, was crazy. You know, I, I I'd say in terms of younger town at WWE, like everyone knows, and at this point, it's kind of cliched and and like almost silly. But I'm not going to yeah. stop saying it just because there's more attention around her, but yeah. Rhea Ripley from the second I saw her, I was yeah. just like, Oh, she's a stud. Like she is just 
going to be huge. And, you know, I, I, I had concerns about how quickly she was sort of given the opportunities. And it seems like now, because of everything that happened and because the Mania match wasn't able to be what it should have been. It worked out maybe really she, nice for her. I think it'll end up slowing it down and we'll yeah. get her rebuilt up again later. But she is, to me, just going to be like a multi-multi-time champion. I um, same, so with, much same with Belair. Yeah. Oh, Bel- oh. Yeah, I'm a B- Belair is one of my guys. I'm a big Belair, Mark. Uh, I took so much heat for... Uh, I, t- ripping on Rhea Ripley uh, because I was like, not, not first of all, I mean, I've stood next to her before. She's massive. So in terms of size, I understand the appeal. She's got a great look. I did not feel like she was there yet to be wrestling Charlotte at WrestleMania. And I knew she was going to eat. She was had to eat a pin to Charlotte. There was no way around that. Um, and, and then I just felt like her appearances, she was getting a lot of, uh, uh, heat for being new, but I didn't feel like she had the charisma to really get there yet. So I was like, I think mm. it's a little too soon for me. You know, yep. uh, she's following me a little bit of what I call full sale heat. Sometimes it's like you're not totally ready to be in that big arena where you need to full. You know, it's a whole different uh, uh, skill yeah, set. I feel the same. I feel the exact same way. So I think you're totally right. Everything's slowing down for her, but there's no doubt that she's going to be a huge star. Uh, she, you know, she has. What does she not have? She's got the looks. She looks great. Right. She, her look is amazing. In ring, she's great. She's credible with anyone of any size. You know, like right. she's one of those people that can really, like if there's a smaller wrestler with her, she can work with her. But if she has to take on a Nia Jax or, you know, a, a bigger wrestler, she looks totally credible right. doing that. So, like, she, she's, she's, got, she's got all the tools. I'm trying to think of on Raw and SmackDown. Is there anyone right now? I mean, listen. Well, if I it mean, pops up to you, you just bring it, you know. Seth is killing it, obviously. Seth's having one of the best moments of his career, in my opinion. I want to run. A, I think Seth, you're saying he's having the best run of his career right now? One I, of them. I, yeah. I think we're, I, I had this exact point that I wanted to run by you, which is that Seth is killing it with this Monday Night Messiah gimmick. I was, I felt like he wasn't there yet, but I have so much faith in him because he's one of those wrestlers who's great at reinventing himself mm-hmm. uh, every time he does it. And I, and I felt like, he is really an example of someone who is really hurting from this shutdown mm-hmm. because I think if we had the crowd, we could see fully how much this thing is working, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And the, he's doing everything right. I had an idea that I thought was the best booking ever, which is that he starts doing curb stomp baptisms. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest booking. I really was like, this is the best idea ever. Can you imagine if, like, you want to join? Right now, he's just doing handshakes, right? He kind of puts the glove out, and then you join. No, no, no. That's, you, that's, 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 that's the best idea. You couldn't have had a better idea in your professional life than that idea. Uh, th- thank you. It's my number one greatest idea in the history of my entire life right now. I, 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 it I could not peaked. be. You could, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to steal it now, and <laughs> I'm going to say it on my podcast, and I, it might happen. I feel like a lot of times, if a couple weeks after Cheap Pete says it, it'll happen. Yeah, no, uh, I th- <laughs> I think Herb you should do that. baptism, it's incredible. Yeah, and you have to beg for it, too. It's not like he just gives it to you. And I know he might even be like, oh, no, you're not ready. No. Uh, I, this isn't no. This isn't right. And they're like, please, I am ready. I am, please, I am ready. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And you beg for it, and then after you get it, you're out for a while. But then when you come to, you're like just thanking him, you're kissing his feet. You know what I mean? It's oh. so fucking good. But instead, what he's done is the handshake, and then he added the nice thing where he it's more brutal. Uh, uh, where he's he's gouging your eyes on the stairs. <laughs> it, it, brutal in its own way. It's true. It's not a curb stop. Doesn't have the same no. cachet. No, 
but I give you permission to get this idea through because I want to see it. And uh, all right, yeah. Regardless, uh, that's what wrestling ideas are. They just get stolen anyway, so it makes no difference. Absolutely. I mean, every idea we say uh, they pops up. Similar to you, you're saying, like our ideas always pop up, and you're like, "Was this idea that original?" Or <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> are, are they, they listening? Or hold on, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so where are you at? Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, Seth is—it's—he's firing on all cylinders. I love it. What? Where are you at on uh, McIntyre's championship run so far? This is why I, I didn't think he would win that match because I thought it was ruined by right. the no crowd. Yeah, I, I thought he needed the momentum of that of that experience to sort of make this feel meaningful and like we're seeing something. To give someone their first opportunity in this setting mm-hmm. and a guy who, while I, I would argue he's probably better on the mic than I think he gets credit for, I think yeah. he's physically capable on the mic. I don't think he's always had great things to say. Um, it's not his strong suit. I mean, his strong suit's obviously his look. Yeah. The Claymore, you know, his general in-ring work is solid. Yeah. Like, that's what makes him a guy. And so I think that this this time just does not benefit him. So it's like really hard. What, what do we compare this run to? I, I don't even know what to compare. To. It started on the weird. It started on the weirdest note ever. The one thing that got overlooked as one of the weirdest things that's happened yeah. in this entire period was that on the Raw after WrestleMania, they said last night after his match. Once the show went off the air, oh my the God. big show came out and challenged yeah, him. I know. Instead of just making that the main event of Raw the night after, which, no. to be honest, is a very night after WrestleMania kind of thing to do. It's per- perfection, uh, Monday after Raw booking, main event. It's perfect. It, it, it's, it's like we haven't seen him in a long time, and you want yeah. to talk about a challenge for your new champion – He's taking on an icon, The Big Show, who just so happens to be promoting his new show on Netflix. Yeah. We're going to do that right now. But they went, it happened last night after right. Mania went off. I have never mm-hmm. to this day understood why that happened. So it was already an auspicious sort of strange start to a, to a title reign for me. Yeah, what I think happened is I think that they just last minute pulled the pl- – they pre-shot everything – watched it and then Vince was probably like you know what I think we should just end on him getting that that victory it feels a little like anticlimactic it doesn't have the the feel that I want without the crowd of like oh my god there's gonna be another main event because there's no crowd there to pop for it so why can't you just say that why can't you just use the match the next day and say it was happening on Raw because I think what they did, I, they did it on t- the takeover matches were all pre-shot, and then they aired them on NXT and pretended like they were happening that night. But I did, I saw the background say takeover, and so all the backgrounds they shot said WrestleMania. So oh. the set, it's because the set said WrestleMania. So I think they You're were very like, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah that's what I'm, they did. I'm not very bright. I, I'm not. I didn't even put that together. It's a no, very good point by you. You're, you're, I mean, they, by the way, never, by the you're way, bright, but you could never think curbs out baptism. But you're a smart guy. But I, no, no, I'm never coming up with that. No. <laughs> no. But by the way, they could have just done another match. The whatever. Anyways, keep going. Right. Yeah, it's also, okay. It would have been fine. It's but everything was everything was everything was weird. I mean, um, have you? 
uh, uh, have you been checking out the? Uh, oh, I have a couple questions for you. All right, here's where I'm going to go. Otis, do you think Otis could be a credible champion? Uh, they got pretty much a year to make him a heavyweight, a believable heavyweight champion. Uh, you know, he could win the universal title, which has a little less prestige to it, uh, less lineage. Do you think that within a year you can make Otis a believable champion? Um, Look at this question. It's hurting your brain. It's so good. It's, uh, it's, it's such a good <laughs> – no, it's actually it, – it is, it is really interesting, right? It's very it's – I, I just don't want to say no. I, I don't right. want to say no because I think his character is really funny and I think he's really right. charismatic and entertaining. Yeah. You know, he's he's the Chris Farley of WWE. Like <laughs> That's a great – yeah, he is the Chris Farley of WWE. I mean, that's, that's, an, and that's an incredible role to have, right? right. And I, I, said this, I said this on Cheap Heat a few weeks ago that, like, don't forget, Chris Farley was so good that in his silly movies there would almost always be, like, a little dramatic part and if you actually watch with a discerning eye, he was a fucking great actor in those parts. Like, he hardly yeah. could act. He could do everything. And maybe Otis can be that, too, where he really does offer sort of depth. And his character has a lot. But the problem is, from a physique standpoint and from a moveset standpoint, the problem is not that he's a fat guy. Yeah. The problem is that he's a short, fat guy. <laughs> right. If yeah. he was like five inches taller and he brought back the avalanche, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, now I can buy him as a champion. But because he doesn't have a move that makes me think your, – your, your move can't be the worm, dude. That, that's not enough to be a credible champion. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. If, if, they're, if they can make some adjustments, then maybe there's a world in which he could be. But at this very moment, I picture him being a guy who could hold the IC title, the tag titles – hard to picture him holding a world title yeah i mean you you nailed my my main thought which is that i think they could do it um but he needs to change his wrestling style immediately um it needs to be more i'm huge i throw my weight around and he needs to snap into some kind of vicious version of himself uh, he could be lovable teddy bear, but then like once you not like Festus style, you know what I mean? Uh, right. <laughs> not like that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, but some version of that, because as it stands right now, what I'm worried about is and I, I, I want to know how you feel about this. I'm worried about him cashing in on the tag titles um, or cashing in for like a lower any kind of lower title like the IC title or something cuz it's not really believable like why would you ever do that except for the fact that he's just stupid but then if his whole thing is he's stupid it's hard to believe that he could be the WWE champion and just be silly you know that's a good that's i and by the way if he doesn't ever cash in and win the world title right they threw away both of this year's money in the bank briefcases i know why do they keep doing that Especially at like, this time. I'm like, why don't you just keep the – the case is so exciting. You always keep at least one of them open, right? Like, I, I didn't think Asuka should have gotten the title like that. I, I think I think the title should have been – well, if okay. If you're going to do it that way, we should right. have done it before and known the title was on the line. Right. Or if, or if not, then Becky should have relinquished the title 
They should have determined a number one contenders match. Right. And the two number one contenders, you know, uh, fought for it. And then the, uh, someone else had the briefcase. Right. But, like, to me, to just be like, look, the title's in the briefcase. So that's over. It, it, it's, it's gone. Right. We lost the intrigue. Yeah, and also, especially in a time where you're looking for content, why not hold the tournament? Because, like, I'm kind of vested in this IC tournament because I'm like, who's going to be the next IC champion? You got uh, Jeff Hardy, Elias, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. It's kind of – it can go a bunch of different ways. Um, and, and is this going to wrap it backlash, the IC title tournament? I don't I don't know if they've announced that for sure, but I – Probably right. It'll it'll time out perfectly. That's like three weeks from now, and they got two. Yeah. Uh, they got you know they're in the semifinals, so that feels like they can milk that for two weeks, right? So I think yeah, that would Googling be good. See, I'm googling to see if see what we know about it, but yeah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I think they they keep teasing Daniel Bryan. Um, they they keep they tease Daniel Bryan as uh, the I see. Uh, like he, they always tease Daniel Bryan being like, I'm going to win the tag belts, the IC belt, and I'm going to make it like the best wrestling belt, you know? And I'm always excited for that. But every time it seems to be, he's on a different page than booking when it comes, when it comes to that. But I would think that would be where I would go with it is like, just have Daniel Bryan do kind of open challenges on the IC title. It would be awesome. I'll tell you this though. I do pop for the idea of, um, did Hardy and Sheamus have their match yet, or they had a match that wasn't last night in the at tournament? the end of SmackDown? Yeah, no, Hardy won. Hardy won on Friday. Hardy, that, Hardy the match, beat Sheamus, the match yeah. that Hardy won Friday was the IC. Mm-hmm. So now we have Hardy. Brian is excited. Is a that's it for some reason that excites me. I always pop for Jeff Hardy when they put him in big, big spots. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Me too. It makes me happy. But like, I I don't do I don't remember a lot of Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy. I don't. Yeah, me either. I, I think I, about I, it. I, th- I think I dipped out when that was when all that was going down. But when did it? But when did it happen? Like Daniel Bryan's ascent was when Jeff Hardy was in TNA. Yeah, did and that, then I mean, they, and, and yeah. then Jeff came back three years ago. Did they have a real story? Did they really have anything since then? Jeff Daniel Bryan. I don't remember. I don't. Rem- I don't have any memories of Jeff Hardy Daniel Bryan. I had Jeff Hardy CM Punk, but not right. Jeff Hardy Daniel Bryan. Is that why I'm popping for it so much? Because I can't even picture them in the ring together? No. Because that's kind of – that's cool. It's cool if you have a guy with, like, demons versus the guy who, like, eats legumes. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the legume champion. Yeah. I do wish Daniel Bryan was still pushing the planet champion gimmick. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was a, great. A ba- I would love a babyface version. Of that. You did a great interview with him that I don't think a lot of people – saw because I, I, I kind of like just caught it where he was full on I don't remember this was before Wrestlemania 35 right he was full on in character and you were asking about the title and he was explaining how the turquoise it's naturally found turquoise it was uh, it's, it's naturally straight. fallen it's... beech wood uh, right like all, all shit like that he had an answer he for worked he, he was going so hard he's so great man he just like lives it so yeah. hard like and and at times when you think he could check out just because like he made it to the top, you're talking about a guy who made it to the top, met this amazing. Oh, you have the title? No, what we got done is the cow. We took the cow title and uh, got an eco friendly version of the cow oh, championship. One of our our nice. listeners, uh, 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 Steve Ahmoudi at Stews Wood, took our title, which is 
a commemorative replica of Big Gold that I spray painted COW on, like NWO style, and then he made a eco-friendly version with removable side plates. Look at that! Come on, it's canvas. Oh my God! Look at this. Stu's wood. <laughs> By the I way, so should I holler? Should I? It's amazing. Should I holler at Stu's wood about making some forty-five crates for me for mini, miniature record crates? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's great. Check him out, Steve Akmu. Get at me. Get at me, Steve's. She made this. Said, Steve's. It's beautiful. It's the most custom piece you've ever seen. It's got a hoagie in the middle. <laughs> That's a phenomenal title. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sorry. No, Brian's amazing. To, to be a guy who made it to the top against all odds. I, I've said this 50 times, but whatever. No one hit listens to my shit. Um, I always say that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan making it to the top the way they did would be the equivalent of if Talib Kweli and Most Def had ruled hip hop in 2003, right? Like the two, the two like indie darling artists didn't just make it, but became the biggest. That's what CM Punk and Daniel Bryan did. And for Daniel Bryan to make it it's all amazing. the way to the mountaintop and have the WrestleMania 30 moment, meets his dream woman, has a family with her, right. like he's done everything you could do, has plenty of money. And then still comes back, and when he comes back, like actually does great stuff. Yeah, you just got to give him a ton of credit. I it's, love that guy. It's it's the best story. All right, couple things before I let you go. I want to make sure I get to a couple things. This Taker doc, you've been watching it. Have you seen yes. it? Yes, caught up. I think it's really. I think I had this thought where I was like, this is actually interesting because now I feel like I'm seeing the darkest version of Undertaker I've ever seen, where the real Taker is a guy who's so fucking hard on himself uh, that I'm like, oh, my God, now I feel like I understand kind of the dead man gimmick more than ever, and now it's reinvigorated my interest in Taker in a way that is uh, counterproductive uh, for what he's trying to do, which is retire properly, you know? I, okay, yeah, it makes you want to see more. You want the ending <laughs> yeah. more now. Like, yeah, please, absolutely. it makes you want to root for this guy even more. It's a great point. I mean, yeah. to me, my, my my big takeaway from it, I'm not going to say that this is curb stomp baptism levels, but my no, – that's my, the key, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the holy grail. I'm but sorry, I my, interrupted you. Just, I had to, every time you say it, I just think about, you know, what? how did I do that, you know? No, I know. It's 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 it's, it's like the flux capacitor, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... but, but for me – what I take away from this is, is that by him exposing the real Mark Calloway for the first time, this is the piece he needed to get closure. Oh. This, this will be what gives him closure is that, first of all, he can have a final match where we all know who he really is. Right. And it's kind of Mark Calloway's first and last match. Yeah. And then because he's broken sort of the walls down and now he's a regular guy. He can then play a role again in WWE where he talks and shows up and can yeah, do things still. It's amazing. And he needed to do it, it a it's long It's the time best ago. thing. Not to mention, like, if he's going to have, like, his knees going to pop in the middle of a match, you know, they can kayfabe that and it'll be part of the story. So if he's wrestling and he can't stand up, he doesn't need to pretend that he's 20, which is what he's doing to himself. It's it's hard right. to watch. You're like, no, maybe the Dark old man returns Batman, right? Like everyone loves the broken down Batman who's still trying to do it. That's what he that's what we wanted for him for a while. We need yes. to see I think we need to see Bray retire him. That's what I really want. I, I really want Bray to take him down. 
Scott. It would be it would be the perfect listen. It would be that would be if we have to get. I mean, this is a hundred thousand people have died in this country, and I am still focused on. I mean, we have to get wrestling back to normal. We just. It's just it's so most, it's, important. It's the number it's the one most issue. important thing. Out, it's the number one issue facing it's the number our one nation. Because we need because, a curb stop baptism in front of at least 20,000 or else. Exactly. Is it, and, is and, wrestling and, and anything? We, we need to build back towards mania in L.A. We, we need L.A. mania to be the best mania of all time. And we need the buildup to be in front of a crowd. And because if you build that the right way and, and, and Bray retires Undertaker – yeah. In front of eighty thousand at the new stadium in L.A., it would be. Oh my God! And That's I would hope that before that you have him have. I would have him have another boneyard match before then. Oh yeah, do boneyard matches galore, right? I mean, do, like just like every three months. I give yeah. me one every three months. Yeah, that's what he's doing now. He's doing. If you want to wrestle Taker, you got a gripe with the dead man. You meet him at the boneyard. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> that's it. And then, and then Bray and then Bray can be the one who lures him out and yeah. they can't agree to firefly or boneyard. Mm. So guess what? They have to have it at the stadium. And, and oh my God. That's amazing. That's how you do that. They can't yeah. agree on which concept match to do. So they just, yeah, I want right. firefly funhouse. No, I want boneyard. No, the no. writers can't agree. We're not going to do it. We're going to do it at the stadium. Right, and then you could start saying Taker. We could start seeing Michelle McCool being like his knees fucked up, like he's not in good shape. But he, I'm telling him not to show up. He's not coming. I'm not allowing him to come. Gong. Oh, actually, I could do that. And then you're like, he's not coming. He's not coming. And then, oh, he's here. Oh, <laughs> he's here. It, right? it's so it's. By the way, oh that my will god. Always pop. It'll that always we, work. Yeah, that's that's gonna be great. All right. Well, Peter, before you go, I want to bring up one last thing here on the pod. Because uh, my listeners want me to mention this, which is that I I had to uh, uh, on on the Cheap Heat podcast. It was mm-hmm. mentioned that yeah, uh, my name came up in the terms of the JWO, um, which is mm-hmm. your your friend group. That's right. Zach Linder had mentioned that I was the Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> he had mentioned I that remember. I was the, the Jeff Jarrett of the NWO. Yeah. Yeah, the JWO. Yeah, of the, J- of the JWO. I'll tell you, funny yeah. thing about the JWO is that was the name of my high school. My high school friends were all the JWO as well, because we were By all Jewish way, kids I, into wrestling. <laughs> I think I think Dipperstein might have also done the same thing at camp. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> yeah, we all we got we got hats made at one of those kiosks in the mall. You know, with yeah. the lowercase oh, yeah. J. Wow, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait, so you actually went a step further than we did. <laughs> step further than it was, but uh, yeah, good job. So. I, I just wanted to say, I just want to say for the record that, listen, I'm proud to be the Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly wear the, I'll wear the black and silver. Okay, I'll hang out with Brett. If I could be in the presence of Bret Hart, I mean, you know what I mean? In 2000, I think that the, I so, think it was so you're saying, opportunity. I think it was the best iteration of the NWO was 2000 NWO, and I'm glad to be part of the, that. J- oh version my god, of need, the black and silver. And as a matter of fact, I'm changing you. the black and silver to the Lacroix print. By the way, I need to I need to introduce you to Brian Mann. Yeah. If you love lo- if you love if you love 2000 wrestling. I mean, this man believes that the greed pay-per-view is oh. one that should be viewed. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. he loves he loves everything. He had a podcast called Keep It 2000, only about 2000 WCW. That's That's it. hilarious. It uh, is you know, so repugnant. It's funny. I didn't, you know, I wasn't that uh now I mean, now I'm I mean, now, you know, I'm coming up with amazing booking, you know, curb stop baptism, maybe. 
uh, WB will, you know, will will get hip to this brilliance one day. But I mean, I uh, uh, but when I when I remember when I was watching WCW towards the end, I mean, I was always a WWF guy. You know, I was hardcore defender of WWF. And now I say why I'm a big supporter of AEW is because I completely took WCW for granted. When we had the mm-hmm. two, we had another company that had had funds and could be on a proper network. And do I, I relate, thing. I relate to that. I relate to that concept 100. percent Like you missed out, so now you want to enjoy everything that exists. That's I right. Agree. So I won't besmirch any era of NWO because all at this point in hindsight, all NWO is great NWO. I would take it back today. Uh, so that's it. So I'm happy to be at all. I'll take uh, that. Or or uh, if if. If uh, or I could be just like the DDP, you know what I mean? Just do my by, own. By, by the way, you could totally be DDP. And how old are you, Dan? Thirty-six. Well, you and you have I'm like the same five age as WrestleMania. You're the same. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I knew that. That's and all right. No, way, all that. Yeah. You have like five years to become DDP. Like I don't think he even hit his prime till his early forties. No, absolutely. I yeah. still sometimes think about that. I'm like, oh, if I if I started learning right now, I could still have a DDP run. If I could yeah. just get into incredible shape right now. I could go for a good five or six years, but now it's getting close. That even by DDP standards, it's, Yo, it's that is so funny. I do that same math all the time. I go, you know, and I actually I trained for like four weeks one time. Um, if I was doing a funnier die series where it was like a comedian just tries to be a, a pro wrestler, uh, which they pulled the plug on properly because I was getting. Oh, uh, did, did it ever come? Did anything come from it? Like, did you get anything done? I got I got four episodes of it, which is pretty fun. I got Ziggler in one of the episodes. Um, but they didn't put it out. No, they didn't put it out. Uh, <laughs> they didn't put it out. But I had access. I could send you. I want to see it. Yeah, I want to see him. It was. It was. Uh, I was working out a gimmick. My my gimmick was at the time. My gimmick was white privilege. <laughs> uh, and I would complain about I'm not wrestling in certain temperatures. I need the temperature lowered, or the, the- that is phenomenal. <laughs> That's really really good. Like I really I barely I would refuse to wrestle. You know what I mean? I just be like I, every the conditions need to be absolutely perfect. Anyway, so what I'm saying is that listen, uh, I would like to say that I'm proud to be the uh, the Jeff Jarrett, uh, if it will. Oh. Absolutely. Anyway, Peter, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for coming on uh, uh, to the, uh, the Comedians of Wrestling podcast. No, it was great marking out with you. I feel like we had we only had one other uh, wrestling discussion at uh, Dipper Scenes. We had a nice time there. We but, did. It was, a great, it was a great moment watching the AEW pay-per-view while Dipper Steen was asleep. <laughs> he was sleeping right next to us. Yes, right? completely. <laughs> and I would be like, hey, Dipper, you watch this? And he'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, well. What was that? We were watching uh, Full Gear, right? Yeah. We were watching Full Gear. By the way, this was the second Double or Nothing, correct? Yes, Double or Nothing last year was in Vegas. It's like weird to me. Double or Nothing to me only made sense as being the name of like the second pay-per-view. Yeah. Because wasn't it all in? Mm. Was it all in, then Double or Nothing, then all out or whatever? They did all in, and then Double or Nothing was their follow-up pay per view to be like, "Listen, if we can't sell out again, then that right. was all for nothing." And it's in Vegas. I, guess, like, the, yeah. I, get, I found it weird that this year was just called Double or Nothing again. I was like, still in the yeah. story from. I was like, I don't. But this is. I guess it's the same as like Backlash being Backlash every year. Yeah, should have been just. It's just Triple or Nothing or something, right? Right, or yeah. or Double or Nothing twenty twenty. I don't know. That part did confuse me. But yeah. that said, 
I enjoyed myself. We should watch a, some wrestling on Zoom sometime. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I would love to do it. I would love to do it. So any, any, uh, uh, so everyone, thanks, Peter Rosenberg, coming on. I mean, you have a million things to plug, but if you're listening to this, the nah, main thing is check Pete. out yeah, Cheap Heat Podcast, uh, a great, great wrestling podcast. And, uh, dude, thanks, uh, thanks for being here, and keep watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you keep watching it, too. Thanks, Keep buddy. watching wrestling. Uh, at Curbs Up Baptism, bring that up on Cheap I got Heat. It. All right. All right. right. I, I, no, I will. I'm going to bring it up this week. Yeah, bring it up. All right. All See right. you, bro. Later, later, Jeff. Bye. <laughs>